As G.K. Chesterton said, a dead thing can go with the stream, but only a living thing can go against it. Here on Swimming Upstream, we go against the cultural stream by championing life, liberty, and the pursuit of holiness. Your host is Eric Sammons, author of seven books, including Holiness for Everyone, The Old Evangelization, and Bitcoin Basics. Now let's get swimming. Welcome to episode 96 of Swimming Upstream. I'm Eric Sammons. So what kind of Catholic are you? Now, if you asked this question maybe 100 years ago, you probably would have gotten answers like, I'm a German Catholic or I'm an Irish Catholic, especially if you live in uh, Cincinnati like I do. That's how you would identify yourself. Maybe you would have been a Polish Catholic or something of that nature. But there'd be no real distinct difference between a German Catholic and a Polish Catholic, for example, in what they believed, how they worshipped. Might, there might be a difference in how they partied, but not in the fundamentals of the Catholic faith. Unfortunately, in today's church, there is a difference between different types of Catholics, different kinds of Catholics. And this reflects a reality that Catholics, kind of Catholics on the ground, so to speak, in the pews, are divided. A Catholic sitting in, in pew number five can have a completely different way of looking at the faith than the Catholic who's sitting right behind him. And the Catholic who's sitting behind her could be a third different way. And so because of that, we've created labels for Catholics, different types of Catholics today. And the three main labels I think we would use today are liberal, conservative, and traditional. There's liberal Catholics, conservative Catholics, and traditional Catholics. Now, I know each of them, each of these categories, would have people inside them who say, no, I'm just Catholic. I'm not a liberal Catholic. I'm just Catholic. I'm not a conservative Catholic. I'm just Catholic. I'm not a traditional Catholic. I'm just Catholic. Because they believe that's the way that you are supposed to be a Catholic. I get that. You wouldn't be like that if you didn't think that was the way you're supposed to be Catholic. So a liberal Catholic is going to say, this is, I'm just a Catholic. All you other people are just off for some reason. And so will the conservative and the traditional Catholic. But the fact is, for purposes of just categorizing people and knowing what the difference is between people, we do have to have these labels. <clears throat> and so whereas I, I understand the argument that there shouldn't be different labels of Catholics, there are, and we need that just for, to have discussions. Now, generally, how would I describe each of those three? I would say liberal Catholic is somebody who wholeheartedly embraces Vatican II, they would also say that much of how the church worshipped and believed before Vatican II really was problematic. Some would even say downright awful, but at least problematic. They would embrace Pope Francis. They would embrace change in the church. In most cases, liberal Catholics would also think there's not a problem in changing certain doctrines of the church. They might call it development, but they would say, for example, the church's prohibition against contraception, that that should be lifted. Uh, also, liturgically, they tend to be—liberal uh, Catholics tend to be uh, more low church, I guess you would say. If you're using kind of the terms from the Anglican world, from the Protestant world, they're more low church. They would have uh, more contemporary music from—well, contemporary in the, from the 1970s, I should say. Marty Hagen, David Haas, songs like that, uh, guitars, uh, a more casual atmosphere at Mass. And so anything before— 
Vatican II would probably be held in suspicion. Anything after Vatican II is, is except for maybe a couple popes, would be considered probably a good thing. Now, conservative Catholic, they would not reject uh, things from before Vatican II. In fact, they would embrace a lot of it. But they would also accept much of the development that's happened in the Church since Vatican II. In fact, their, their view of Vatican II would be that uh, it's a legitimate council, and there's nothing heretical in it. There's not really any problems with the text of Vatican II from the documents, but that the spirit of Vatican II, the way it's been interpreted, has been very problematic. So they would say we need to go back to the actual documents of Vatican II and to embrace the uh, uh, what it really teaches. Uh, they would also embrace uh, Pope John Paul II's new evangelization efforts, uh, their, their liturgical taste would be, they would want it in English still, they still want the new Mass in, in the vernacular in English, uh, probably facing the, pe- the people, might be divided on that, and, and definitely reverent, though. They, most conservative Catholics would not, don't really like a lot of the uh, music from the 1970s that dominates many parishes today. And then finally, the traditional Catholic. The traditional Catholic would be... Uh, those who really embrace the, the church as it was before Vatican II. They hold Vatican II in suspicion, perhaps even thinking parts of it uh, were heretical. They hold everything after Vatican II in high suspicion. Liturgically, they embrace the Latin Mass. And, and in general, they think that if it came before Vatican II, it's probably good. If it's after Vatican II, it's probably bad. Those are very generic kind of overall ways of describing the three, the three categories, the three labels of Catholics. Now, recently, I decided, just for, and this is just for fun, I made a quiz online. You know, those personality quizzes you see online where you, you answer a bunch of questions and it tells you what type, you know, are you like Pam on, on The Office or Jim or, or whatever? Well, I decided to do one to ask 10 questions, and it would say whether or not you were a liberal, a conservative, or a traditional Catholic. Now, I'm going to go through the, the quiz real quick and the answers I gave, the, po- the, the possibilities I gave, and you'll know immediately if it's a liberal, conservative, or, or, or traditional answer, probably. The first one was, what do you think of Vatican II? Option one, best council ever. Option two, council was fine, but spirit of Vatican II wasn't. Option three, worst council ever. I think we know what each type of Catholic would answer for that. Oh, and by the way, these options, I know there's more options than these and there's nuances, but it's an online quiz. It's for fun. Get over it. Don't be pedantic. The second question was, who is your favorite Pope out of the following? Pope Francis, Pope John Paul II, or Pope Pius X? Third question, what is the best way to celebrate Mass? In English, with lots of Marty Hoggan music and dancing. Option two, in English and reverently. Option three, in Latin. Question number four, who's your favorite modern theologian? Option one, Hans Kung. Option two, Hans Urs von Balthasar. And option three, there are no good modern theologians. Question number five, who's your favorite modern apologist? Option one, Austin Everay. I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. He wrote a biography of Pope Francis. That'll tell you anything. Option two, Scott Hahn. Option three, Father Chad Ripperger. 
Question number six. What do you think of the USCCB, the United Council of Catholic Bishops? Option one, highest church authority in this country. Option two, it's important, but sometimes it makes mistakes. Option three, should be disbanded. Question number seven. Which is the most, what is the most important for your bishop to do? Promote, option one, promote social justice. Option two, promote the new evangelization. Or option three, promote the Latin Mass. Question number eight. What is your favorite Catholic university? Georgetown University, Franciscan University of Steubenville, or Christendom College? Uh, uh, question number nine. Who is your favorite bishop? Cardinal Walter Casper, Bishop Robert Barron, or Bishop Athanasius Snyder? And finally, number 10, what do you think of Amoris Laetitia? I can never pronounce that the first time I do it. You know which encyclical I'm talking about from the Pope. What do you think of it? It's vitally important. It has magisterial authority. Option two, it contains no errors, but is often misinterpreted. And option three, it likely contains heresy. So those are my questions. By the way, I'll have a link to the, uh, this quiz in the show notes page. So if you want to take it, go ahead and feel free to do so. And like I said, it's for fun. And here's when you, when you finish, it will add up your points and tell you whether or not you're liberal, conservative, or traditional Catholic. And here's my description of each one for liberal. You believe the church started with the calling of Vatican II. Anything before that was the dark ages of the church. You love tambourines and guitars at Mass and calling priests by their first names. Hey, Father Bob! You read the Catholic National Catholic Reporter. For a conservative, while you are upset about how things have been done in the church since Vatican II, you blame those who hijacked it afterwards rather than the council. You believe Pope John Paul II was one of the greatest popes ever, and if the church just followed his lead, we'd see, this, we'd see a springtime of new evangelization. You read the National Catholic Register. Finally, the traditional Catholic. You are suspicious of anything that occurred in the church after Pope Pius XII died. You wish the church would embrace the Latin Mass and generally believe liberal Catholics and conservative Catholics are two sides of the same coin. You read The Remnant. Okay, as you can tell, I'm just having fun with this because it's a serious topic, but we, we got to have a little bit of fun with these things and, and joke around with them. Now, let's talk about this a little bit more, though, these different categories. Now, I would argue that there are minimums of what you have to believe in order to, and, and, and practice, in order to be an actual Catholic in, in a good standing in the church. You might call yourself a liberal Catholic, but if you never go to church, you never go to Mass, you're not really a practicing Catholic, so I'd, I'd call you a non-practicing Catholic. You could call yourself a liberal Catholic, for example, and you could reject most of the teachings of the Catholic Church. Well, in that case, I'd call you a heretical Catholic, not really a liberal Catholic, although Unfortunately, uh, liberal Catholic and heretical Catholic are often synonymous these days. I would say the bare minimum is that you have orthodox belief, meaning you accept all the definitive de fide teachings of the Catholic Church. You don't reject any of them. You might not understand them, you might have problems with them, but you don't reject any of the teachings of the Catholic Church, the ones that have been set down that were required to believe. Secondly, you're in communion with the Pope. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to like the Pope but you're in communion with him. You've been broken communion with, with, with Pope Francis, and that is who the Pope is, is Pope Francis. And also, I would say you, you practice the faith. You go to Mass each week. 
and you go to confession at least uh, once a year, and you basically follow the precepts of the church. Now, in practice, I think it's pretty obvious, I think it's pretty clear that all traditional Catholics in general, I'm sorry, all conservative Catholics would fall under this bare minimum without a problem. Most traditional Catholics would, although some have broken away from communion with the Pope, with Pope Francis, and so they wouldn't anymore. They have Orthodox belief, but they're no longer in communion with the Pope. So some traditional Catholics don't meet the, what I call the bare minimum being Catholic. And to be blunt, most liberal Catholics don't meet the bare minimum because they reject church teaching and, and, and in many areas. And so therefore, they're not really, uh, I mean, we call them liberal Catholics, but they're not really meeting the bare minimum. And so the vast majority of those who meet the bare minimum would be either conservative Catholics or traditional Catholics. And really, there's a lot of overlap here. And the biggest difference, I would say, between the two are is that it's a different way of looking at history, spirituality, and theology. The conservative Catholic looks at history and really embraces Cardinal Newman's uh, development of doctrine— and, and, and embraces that more widely than the traditional Catholic might. And so sees today is really just a, 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 the development of what's come before us, whereas the traditional Catholic history would definitely have a higher view of those events from before Vatican II, after the Council of Trent, those, the Middle Ages, those times, and would so give a higher precedent to those, those times. The, the spirituality of conservative Catholics and and traditional Catholics is often quite different. And you see this in, of course, how they practice the Latin Mass, but just, you know, I mean, how they go to Mass, either Latin Mass or the Novus Ordo. But I think it goes f- deeper than that. The, the types of books and spirituality books that the, each of them read is different. Uh, the spirituality books of most traditional Catholics are going to have been written before Vatican II, whereas the, the ones written, uh, read by most conservative Catholics are probably written in the past, you know, number of years, in, in the past maybe... 20, 30 years, and it reflects a different view of how things are. Uh, the, 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 the theology of the two is different as well. Now, when I say that, I'm assuming they both accept the, the basic beliefs of the Catholic Church, but a, a uh, traditional Catholic theology is going to be much more based, for example, on St. Thomas Aquinas. It's going to be much more about doctrine about uh, accepting certain doctrines, whereas the, the conservative Catholic is going to be a little bit more loose with, with their, with their uh, theology, and I don't even necessarily mean that in the, as an insult, but just more as a, um, a, a, a broader way of maybe reading the Scriptures, for example, maybe embracing more modern means of, of interpreting the Scriptures. That would be a perfect example right there. And in general, traditional Catholics just tend to be more suspicious of anything modern, whereas the conservative Catholic is going to be less knee-jerk suspicious of, of uh, modern uh, Catholicism. Now, yes, I know that this is uh, painting with a broad brush, and we don't like labels, blah, blah, blah. But I do think it, it gives us a sense of the different categories. Now, here's the important point that I've come to realize, and I think on the Internet you don't see this, this nuance—well, you don't see any nuance on the inter- Internet typically— but the truth is, most people aren't just one of these three. It's a spectrum. 
And it shows in that, they, they, you know, you can have a liberal who can embrace certain older traditions. You can have a conservative who might reject some pre-Vatican II things. You might have a traditional who accepts things after Vatican, some things after Vatican II. In that quiz I gave, you know, it's obvious which one is which, but like, for example, you don't have to, you might not answer all questions under the traditional line or the conservative line. Maybe you'll answer seven under conservative and three that are traditional. So what are you? My quiz would say you're conservative. But, you know, it's, it's a spectrum. Not everybody's going to fall within one over a, another. And I would say, for example, let's make the spectrum one to, zero to 100. If you're the most flaming liberal Catholic on earth, you're a zero and in more ways than one. If you are the most traditional Catholic on earth, you're a hundred. Again, I'm assuming all these people are, who are inside the church. And a conservative would be, let's say, at 50, right there at 50. And so on a spectrum, you might fall around 70, for example. You're, you're conservative, lean more traditional. Maybe you, you're a 90. You're traditional, but you know you have some views that might not fall into the, the stereotypical traditional view. Maybe you're a 30. You lean liberal, but you know, you, you're know you not quite a, a total flaming liberal by it. So I would say really that the different categories, while they're useful for discussion and descriptions— I think if we label people as them and consider that a, uh, a on-off switch, so to speak. If you're conservative, you're not traditional. If you're traditional, you're not liberal. If you're liberal, you're not conservative, whatever the case may be. And you can't, if you're traditional, you can't embrace anything a conservative Catholic would and, and vice versa. I think that's where we get into problems. I think if we do generic labels just to help us have discussions, that's, that's fine. But when we do these hard and fast labels that basically you cannot break free of them for any view whatsoever, then I think that's where we have our problems. Now, you know, I ask, what kind of Catholic are you? Well, let's ask the question, what kind of Catholic am I? Excuse me, I thought I'd take a drink before that one. What kind of Catholic am I? Now, I would say, you know, I'm a convert, as, as I think most of you know. I converted uh, back 20-some, over 25 years ago. And when I first converted, I, say, I, I would say I was very firmly in the conservative Catholic camp. In fact, I, on my scale I mentioned before, I was probably rated a 50. And, you know, I read Catholic Answers, which I would say is a conservative Catholic magazine. You know, I, I would read National Catholic Register as it, you know, what it reported— and I would listen. I watch EWTN. Listen. I actually didn't watch it that much, but I listened to EWTN radio, things like that. And so I would definitely say I was right there at fifty. But I will admit that over the years I've become more traditional. Now some might say, "Well, that's just because you're getting old." And you know I am getting old. And so me in my tw- mid twenties isn't the same as me in my mid forties or late forties, as the case may be. And I see things differently. And some of that, I think, you know, that's good because you get wiser, hopefully, as you get older. And so, therefore, it's okay to change your views some, to have them develop and evolve. But fundamentally, if you ask me, why have I become more traditional over the years than I used to be? I would say it's for very practical reasons. I see the modern stuff that conservative Catholics embrace doesn't work. Now, I don't say that across the board, like everything conservatives like, like, you know, Franciscan University Steubenville, I would consider a very conservative Catholic college, not traditional, not liberal, but conservative. One of my kids goes there, another one's going to be going there. I love Franciscan University Steubenville. So I'm not saying it all doesn't work, but I am saying, though, 
a lot of the things that conservative Catholics over the years have embraced as way as from from post Vatican II times, I just don't think it works. I think you see that mostly in the new evangelization efforts, which is a broad umbrella that covers a lot of stuff. But obviously, I've written a book called The Old Evangelization, and a lot of that came from my, uh, which by the way was published by. Uh, Catholic Answers, which most people would consider a conservative Catholic apostolate. So, like I said, it's a spectrum. Even though Catholic Answers probably does fall into that category, they published my book, Old Evangelization, which definitely had a more traditional uh, twinge to it. But I think, like, for example, the New Evangelization, a lot of the things that we do now to evangelize, I think, are just, they're not good, that conservative Catholics embrace. Obviously, the things liberal Catholics do to evangelize, which is to de-evangelize people, turn them away from the church doesn't work. But even things that conservative Catholics do, I just don't think they're, th- this idea of kind of embracing the modern world in a lot of ways, but we're going to make sure we're still Catholic, I just don't think it works. I think we're in a time where we need to reject most of the things of the modern world, because I think it's become so anti-Catholic. So really, it's a practical, it's been practical reasons why. And we see, you know, the Mass, how it's celebrated— you know, we have this whole argument of how we can celebrate the new Mass, but it, it do it in a way that is reverent, stuff like that. And I actually go to—my my parish offers a very reverent Novus Ordo Mass, which I love. But I've also seen that this is a, a very unique situation I'm in, and it's very rare. Most places, that even if the, the priest is good-natured, a conservative Catholic, I just don't think it—it's it, a, a liturgy that— that attracts people to the worship of God. I think things like the, the, the priest facing the people instead of facing God when he celebrates the Mass, I think is a big mistake. I think communion on the hand is a big mistake. Things like that, I just think they practically, they turn people away from the Church instead of attracting people to the Church. So I think that's why I've become more traditional. Now, I will say I, I really don't like the label traditionalist. Here I say labels can be used stuff, but I really just don't like that label traditionalist. That's why I say traditional Catholic. I feel like a traditionalist is somebody who rejects everything after Vatican II, thinks it was like probably an invalid council or something like that, or at least it has heresy in it, whereas a traditional Catholic wouldn't go that far. But, you know, the labels can be used in different ways. So I don't ever call myself a traditionalist, but I think I, I can call—I I should probably call myself a traditional Catholic— but I wholly support, for example, the development of doctrine. I think it's a very important—I've had episodes on that where I talk about that. I think it's a very important doctrine. And I know a lot of traditional Catholics would say, yes, we accept it, but they, they're very suspicious of it, where I'm not. I think it really does—I think it's been abused in today's Church. I think it's being abused right now by a lot of leaders in the Church to uh, embrace things that are, anti, that are non-Catholic or anti-Catholic. But I think development of doctrine is a very important uh, doctrine in the Church. Also, I like Opus Dei and St. Jose Maria Escriva, the founder of Opus Dei. I've written a book about it, in fact. And the funny thing is, I could have had a question in my quiz about this, too. I, I could have said, like, what's your view of Opus Dei? And the first option would be, it's a right-wing secret organization that's probably assassinated people. Option two would be, it's the perfect example of the new evangelization in practice. And the third example would, option would be, it's a pseudo-Catholic front group that's weak on the liturgy. I mean, you know, that's kind of the views. I, I, I'm always a little bit surprised when my traditional Catholic friends rail on Opus Dei because I, I think it's great. And liberal Catholics hate it, too. So it's very much in that conservative Catholic category. But I still like it, even though I'm more traditional. 
I also, like I mentioned before, I love Franciscan University of Steubenville, and it definitely falls in that conservative Catholic category. But I think I think it's great. I think it does good work. And I, I'm not saying every single thing it's ever done is great, but I think it does good work. A group like Focus, which is also another um, conservative Catholic organization, not really traditional, I, I think it does good work too. I think it, you know, it, it embraces that term new evangelization, but I think it does do good evangelization work. So although I'm more traditional than I used to be, I still am uh, probably conservative as well. I think if I had to put myself on the scale of zero to 100, I think whereas I was 50 before, I'm probably like 75 to 85 now. Uh, on some days I might be 75, on other days I might be 85, some days I might shoot up into the 90s, who knows. But I think that all of us are kind of like that. And, you know, if we put ourselves on the scale, where would we be? I think most listeners of this, of this uh, podcast are somewhere between 50 and 100, first of all. And they probably tend to be somewhere in maybe even the middle, like me, where they're not fully a traditionalist, traditional Catholic, but they're not really a uh, boy everything was just great under John Paul II, and he did nothing wrong, and, and, and all that it has to do all that. You know, it's kind of funny if you think about the popes. I would say that of the past three popes, JP2 is obviously right there, solid, that conservative Catholic category. Francis is obviously that very solid liberal Catholic category. And Benedict, I think, was kind of, he was in the conservative Catholic category, no, no question, but he was clearly more traditional. He probably is in the 60s or maybe even the 70s or something like that. Uh, and not surprisingly, he was my favorite of the three popes. And so it, it, it's, it's interesting to kind of think of this. And I, like I said, we shouldn't be too hardcore in these labels, but I think we can help ourselves if we look at them. And really, I think, ask ourselves, do I embrace this way of doing things, this practice, because it's part of my camp? You know, conserv- I, I did that for a long time. I was conservative Catholic, so anything conservative Catholics liked I liked. Anything they didn't like, I didn't like. Any argument they had, I embraced. And it was only after I started to say, well, maybe they actually could be wrong in certain things that I started to shift to become more traditional. And so now what I do is I, I try to look at each of the categories and, and I say where they're good and where, where they're not. And so that's what's gotten me kind of in the middle uh, between two categories. I think ultimately, though, when it comes down to it, we have to love Jesus and be faithful to his church. And that is what it comes down to. And how we do that will re- reflect whether or not we're a liberal, conservative, or traditional Catholic. But the key is we love Jesus and are faithful to his church. And if we do that, I think we're going to be okay. And I wish more people focus on that more than anything. And I think that will lead people to uh, being good Catholics of whatever stripe that might be. So, Okay, well, I think I'm going to wrap it up there. Before I leave, just a reminder, uh, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google Play or wherever. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric R. Salmons. That's where you'll get the cool things like these online quizzes to find out what kind of Catholic you are. I'm also on Facebook. Eric Salmons Swimming Upstream is my uh, public Facebook page. But thank you very much for listening. And until next time, keep swimming against the stream.